A special legislative committee is about to meet in Springfield to investigate Illinois House Speaker Michael Madigan's role in an alleged bribery scheme and decide whether to recommend ethics charges against him. We'll talk with two key members of that committee on this week's edition of Capital Cast. Hello and welcome to Capital Cast. I'm Peter Hancock. Three Republican members of the Illinois House, including Minority Leader Jim Durkin, filed a petition this past week to commence a disciplinary investigation of longtime House Speaker Michael Madigan. Madigan, of course, was implicated in a bribery scheme in July when officials from utility giant Commonwealth Edison admitted to federal prosecutors that over a period of years, they awarded lobbying jobs and contracts to Madigan Associates in an effort to curry his favor for legislation that would benefit the company. Madigan has not been charged, and he has strongly denied any wrongdoing. The committee will be made up of three Republicans and three Democrats. Earlier this week, I spoke separately with two members of the panel, Democratic Representative Emanuel Chris Welch of Hillside, who will chair the panel, and Republican Representative Grant Worley of Naperville to find out what the public can expect from these hearings. We'll start with Representative Welch. Yeah, uh, well, first and foremost, uh, Peter, thank you for the call. Uh, Yes, this is a very uh, rare process. Uh, In the last 20 years or so, it's only been used two other times. Uh, In in both of those instances, uh, the lawmaker who is accused of wrongdoing was under indictment. Uh, There was a federal charging document. Uh, One of those instances was former Representative Eric Smith, where this process that has been invoked uh, led to his ultimate expulsion from the House. Uh, That was in 2012. The second time in recent history uh, was uh, Representative Arroyo. So, first of all, uh, when do you expect this to get started? And so walk me through the process here. How does uh, what's going to unfold? Will you be calling witnesses, subpoenaing testimony? Certainly under the rule. 
Okay. So regardless of which side of the fence you're on, I mean, you mentioned that Speaker Madigan has not been formally charged or accused of any wrongdoing. Uh, But if you read the deferred prosecution agreement with ComEd, it raises some very troubling questions. Um, Will we be hearing from the Speaker? Uh, Will we be hearing from ComEd? Under the rule, the committee has a right to call witnesses and issue subpoenas. Uh, I anticipate uh, talking about all of that with uh, the committee next week when we organize. But Commonwealth Edison has said in court documents that they awarded jobs and contracts in an effort to curry favor with the Speaker to get legislation through. Um, Is that a common thing in the Illinois General Assembly? I mean, um, you know, awarding jobs to people close to a key lawmaker in order to curry favor? Okay, fair enough. Um, Will these meetings be held in person or remotely? And do you think it will be in Springfield or Chicago? Probably Springfield. That was State Representative Emanuel Chris Welch, who has been named to chair the Special Investigative Committee. On the Republican side, I spoke with Representative Grant Worley of Naperville. He's been a loud proponent for ethics reform in the legislature, especially in the wake of the ComEd scandal. I started off by asking him to respond to the argument that Madigan himself has put forward that the scandal merely boils down to a handful of people that he knew getting lobbying jobs. Well, I would respond by saying that if you've read the deferred prosecution agreement, um, it goes way beyond that. Uh, The appearance uh, of what's happening here casts a shadow on the General Assembly and Springfield politicians in general. And that is something that as a body as the chamber, we need to make sure that we're operating in the highest ethical standards possible and hold each other accountable. So to simply brush this off as I know some friends who got some jobs um, isn't a reasonable answer. 
Okay. He also challenged Leader Durkin to disclose how many lobbying jobs he has helped line up for people. And I, um, my question is, how common of a practice is that in the General Assembly? And do the people of Illinois have a right to be concerned about it? Well, once again, I'll go back to the uh, deferred prosecution agreement in the federal investigation reg regarding the speaker. Uh, Leader Durkin is not under that federal investigation. Um, that being said, uh, I am not familiar with the practice of handing out jobs or clouding anyone. That is something that I have not personally uh, been a part of, and I am unaware of it happening with any of my colleagues that I would consider close friends. Um, but is this something that we should be looking at from an ethics standard? Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why we've been pushing so hard for ethics and lobbying reform. Um, for years, we've been trying to get some of that because until we restore people's trust in government, we're going to continue down this path towards insolvency and, and just fiscal morass that we find ourselves in. People, we need to we need to bring people's trust back to a level where they believe in us and we can do our jobs. And that starts with ethics reform. And this, the, the federal investigation into the speaker and comment uh, just highlights an even more sense of urgency to do so. Okay, so you mentioned the federal investigation, obviously. Um, what do you think a legislative investigation is going to uncover that federal prosecutors wouldn't uncover? Well, first and foremost, there are two standards. I mean, they're, they're different standards. Uh, the federal... Uh, bodies are investigating criminal and civil misconduct. Uh, we, as a legislature, have to hold ourselves accountable to a high ethical and professional standard. So we're not looking for criminal, you know, violations of, of um, statute or federal code. We are looking at the behavior of legislators in their official roles as legislators. So this isn't a, uh, it's not an equal comparison in my opinion. It is everybody is, is, uh, People, we, need, we need to get these answers out there as far as what happened, as far as what the speaker and perhaps others did in their legislative role, and let the federal investigators handle the criminal and civil penalty side of things. Okay, so what is the ethical standard that lawmakers should be held to? Is it written down anywhere so that people know it in advance? Well, so if you look at our rules and our uh, – it's basically conduct unbecoming and things like that. It's very vague and nebulous, which is, once again, another reason why we've been pushing for ethics reforms is to highlight and make it crystal clear what is – what uh, goes beyond the pale when it comes to ethics. Ethics can be very personal um, to each individual, and we can each interpret them differently. But what we need to do is make sure that the public has set a standard for us to, to adhere to which is why I think the ethics reform is probably one of the most pressing issues we could do in Springfield. So if you look at our code, our state statutes, and then our house rules, it's very nebulous and open to interpretation. Okay, so uh, you're, go you're on the special committee. Uh, walk us through the process here. What's going to happen when this gets going? Well, we are still in the, um, in the process of setting that up. Um, there are six members on the investigations committee. So what we are basically charged with is the gathering of facts. Um, we have subpoena power, and we hope that the speaker will come in and testify before this committee to answer the questions that members of his body, the General Assembly, have, and that even the governor wants answers to. So uh, it, it, is, it is looking at the information as outlined in our petition, looking at other litigation that may be going on, and trying to get answers so that we can see was unethical behavior or conduct unbecoming 
uh, did it take place? Now, the speaker is due, he's, he's entitled to due process, and that is, I, I 100% am committed to that. This needs to be a fair, open, and transparent investigation, and that to me is the most important thing that we can do as a legislative body, is make sure that this is um, as open as possible on, on all sides. So you pointed out correctly that even the governor has said uh, that the speaker has a lot of questions to answer for. Um, what are some of those questions? I mean, if he were sitting at the table right now, what questions would you ask him? Well, I'm not going to get into that right now because I'm going to reserve those for when we're on this uh, at these committee hearings. Uh, I am not in the. I don't want to be in a position of prejudging or tipping my hand to what some of the questions may be. We are still in the process of formulating some of those questions. But I think from an outside perspective, one can deduct what some of these logical questions may be if you've read the newspapers or any uh, any of the court filings along those lines. But specifically to me, I'm not going to get into the what questions I'm uh, going to be asking. Okay, so obviously the House... Uh Democrats control the vast majority of seats in the House. Most people, I think, would consider it unlikely that uh, Democrats are going to vote to remove their own speaker from office. What result do you hope to come out of this? A fair and open investigation that leads to answers. Um, This ethics and holding each other accountable should not be and must not be a partisan issue. Um, we are we are in Illinois have a long and storied history of political corruption, and it is incumbent upon us, the members of the body, to make sure that we are policing our own. So if this is going to go down the political, div- you know, down a political division, which I hope it doesn't, that in itself, uh, in poker they would call that a tell. I don't think that is what's going to happen here. I don't have any predeterminations, but if if, if people are going to hold party lines and not look at the facts as collected and the evidence as collected, then our system is beyond broken. Okay. And on the political question, obviously we're just a little less than two months away from an election. Uh, This will be all over the newspapers. Uh, The speaker said he, he believes this is a political stunt and that you're doing it for electoral purposes. How do you respond to that? I respond by, by saying something I've said earlier, that ethics matter always. We've been trying to get uh, ethics reform in Springfield passed for quite some time, and it's continuation of stonewalling that um, ha- has led us to where we are. It is also the fact that the federal uh, law enforcement is investigating uh, what's going on in Springfield. We had a deferred prosecution agreement between the largest energy supplier in Illinois to where they, they pled basically pled guilty to bribery. Um, We did not set this timeline. The the circumstances and the events uh, leading up in those investigations has set this timeline. So to call this political, uh, to me, is is a farce. Ethics matter always, and it shouldn't shouldn't matter on on the campaign calendar. That was Republican Representative Grant Worley. As this podcast is being recorded, the exact schedule of the committee hasn't been decided. When it does meet, its job will be to decide whether reasonable grounds exist to charge Madigan with an offense. If it does, the charges will be referred to a special disciplinary committee that will conduct what amounts to a trial and decide whether any disciplinary action should be taken. 
that can range from no action at all to a reprimand, censure, or even expulsion from the House. But it takes a three-fifths majority, or 71 votes in the House, to adopt the disciplinary committee's recommendation. Democrats currently hold 74 seats in the House. Only one member has ever been expelled under the current rules. As Welch noted, that was Derek Smith in 2012. Oddly, he got re-elected that year anyway and came back to serve another term. And apparently the drafters of the Illinois Constitution anticipated something like that could happen because they included a provision that says a member can't be expelled twice for the same offense. But then in 2014, Smith was finally convicted of bribery, and that resulted in his automatic removal from office. And we'll leave it at that for this week's edition of Capital Cast. Capital Cast is a production of Capital News Illinois, a statehouse reporting project of the Illinois Press Foundation. Until next time, this is Peter Hancock saying thank you for listening.